You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. So in addition to the butt monsters and interdimensional weirdness that usually comes with this show, now we've introduced a time-traveling existential arts, like pseudo-Xavier's home for gifted mutants, but not quite uh, weirdness going on with this show. I mean, I every single season I am both impressed and frightened by the things that they managed to do with this, but also pull it off really well. Uh, talking, of course, about uh, HBO Max's Doom Patrol, uh, which is one of the more delightful things on TV, if anyone has somehow watching this third season review and hasn't seen the rest of it so far. And with me today is Neil. Hello, hello. And Elliot. Hey, hey. And Jordan. Why, hello there. Am I alone and just uh, continually being bewildered at how they managed to keep all the absolute batshit insanity of this show somewhat on the level and and organic, at least for this property? And as weird as it is, you just kind of, you're like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. This is something I love that happens to comics and sometimes for just properties is that you'll get a bunch of characters together that are weird and kind of like D-list and the company doesn't really care about them so they just give them to somebody to do whatever the fuck they want with. And that's what we have with Doom Patrol and it's great, you know, they are doing so many weird, wacky things that you would never see in any other superhero show at all. And yeah, it's it's this like weird pastry of weirdness that's probably got legs and shit coming out of it, but it's delightful. I love it. And this season in particular, they they had uh, somewhat of a uh, speed bump to get over in that they, like so many other shows uh, last season slash this one, uh, were of course affected by the pandemic breaking out. And so that's what led to last season's season finale feeling just kind of weird and abrupt and stilted and kind of a downer if you're following the story. Um, which led to this season premiere being what was intended to be the finale of last season. So if, if anyone's listening to this, I would recommend to watch the season three premiere episode as the finale. Don't count it as season three premiere because it, it does not feel like one. The The second season feels like a proper premiere if you're just going along with like you know, visual storytelling conventions and stuff like that. Uh, but I think they handled it well. Otherwise, I mean, if if not for that, you'd never know that they had to deal with, you know, the outbreak of a global pandemic grinding everything to a halt. And this season, the the kind of theming and the overarching bad guys and story and stuff, It I think it started off a little slow. Like, it got a little esoteric, even by this show's standards. Uh, for the first couple episodes, I was like, oh, man, this... 
I'm usually on board with complete and total surrealism and weirdness and stuff, but early on they, they did a little bit more showing but not explaining, but then once you finally get to the episode where you they let you know what's been going on and what these weird things mean, it's like, oh, this is actually pretty cool, all right. Uh, what did you guys think about it? I'm not going to hold back. This has honestly become my favorite TV show ever. <laughs> I really fucking love Doom Patrol. And I, I've already exclaimed my love on the previous season review, but this one more so. I I just adore it because I will admit, I, I do love the original Doom Patrol comics, but more so the uh, Grant Morrison run. This is very much an adaptation of, but what I mainly love is that this show realizes that the journey to you know self-discovery development that the road to pathos doesn't need to be so fucking morose it mm -hmm. it does not need to be so goddamn glower and i will admit when the show debuted it was at a tough time in my life and it, it is honestly helped me through a lot of shit and also just how deep and it and will and how far it's willing to go in exploring its themes of like grief, regret, and self hatred. It, it it is it is absolutely amazing that this show is able to have such cathartic character journeys in between the butt monsters and the sex ghosts. <laughs> Yeah, like that that is absolutely one of the show's strengths is that not only do they manage to make all that truly weird stuff work but yeah it actually has some extremely adult grown-up things in it that they also handle just as well like it's very very rare that someone could pull that off and yet they knock it out of the park every single week um i, I have to say though this season it included with pretty much the other two for me anyway uh is the the only wink wink link that i find it would be cyborgs story um I, I guess i have been spoiled by how he appeared in that teen titans cartoon on cartoon network where he was just so much more fun and jovial and um it's my understanding that the more straight-laced i'm here to be a hero thing uh, is more in line with how he is in the comics jordan am i correct in that oh yeah, yeah yeah actually and there was an arc in uh a titans run uh where he actually did get, uh, you know, his full appearance back, but then some other writers were like, nah, screw that. Nah, <laughs> who needs character yeah. development? But he, he always sticks out to me as, as not like so much, so different, so much more distinct from the other ones who are constantly getting into this wacky weirdness, but they, they seem to accept it and are themselves varying degrees of wacky. And then you have Cyborg, who always just sticks out to me, and his stories are always less interesting to me not for lack of trying cyborg is, is, is sort of the only character this is you know ostensibly a show about a halfway house for superheroes and <laughs> um cyborg is the only one that really you believe could take care of themselves on their own mm -hmm. you know everyone else is like in dire need of <laughs> other support even if it's you know toxic codependency yeah i mean i just think yeah victor's story this season is i would say maybe not my personal favorite but i still really like it because jovian wade uh is just so good and also just plays a fantastic straight man to everybody yeah he's he's a good actor and he i mean he certainly does well with the material that he's given but just in the grand scope of the whole show and the other characters uh, every time his story is focused on i just i am not as interested in it no matter how much i try to be 
and I thought that was even more so this season. I felt that with Cliff's story. Cliff just kind yeah. of regressed back to being a shit and selfish, and they they kind of give you some possible reasons why. But um, I I was totally into cyborgs, which most versions of cyborg he is kind of he's got that weight on his so- shoulders of how he became and what he's supposed to be and what he thinks mm-hmm. he might want to be. But Cliff. To me, Cliff has the least amount of growth in this season, and maybe we're there at the end. But this is a wacky show about a superhero team who, by the end of season three, might be a superhero team. They've taken their yeah. time getting there. And, you know, I like the description of Halfway House, but it's like Halfway House for people who have abilities. They don't want to do anything. They just want to kind of be, and this show has shown them slowly getting out of their shells to be something. And we don't even know what they can be yet because it's kind of they've all gone through change or they're trying to get a handle on their abilities this season starts off with we've lost our for lack of better description professor x who collected <laughs> okay doom everybody. patrol did come before x-men i i i know but i'm just saying most people know the professor x yeah the, that kind of diet that dynamic um he that story is kind of capped off early on and then for being the most fucked up season it is the best season so far. Oh, yeah. Thoroughly enjoyable all the way through. I personally enjoyed Cliff this season. I, I actually think they uh, kind of got him a bit deeper, especially with, I, I think, my personal favorite episode being uh, uh, trying to scroll and find it. Oh, yeah, the Subconscious Patrol, mm. uh, which is fantastic. But also, I think my this season just really forever proved that April Bully as Rita Farce, just absolutely my favorite character. I, I was about to say, yeah, like she, the the story of the entire season really hinges on her the, this whole time. Like the, yeah. this season is the Rita Far show and because they've, they've done something a little bit different in that everyone gets kind of their own storylines that don't always interact with one another this season. Like everyone spends a lot of time going off doing their own things that are still quite compelling but she gets the the biggest and most impactful story that ties into the larger arc of this season and yeah she just absolutely knocks it out of the park like it goes so many places you would never expect and it's it's always fascinating oh absolutely you told me that uh, uh what's the actress's name i think it's april something Bo- if you told me that she was Bo- actually turning into a blob you know in between takes i would absolutely believe you because yeah. Yeah, she just embodies this role so well april yeah, shelby and i yeah and i've and I kind of personally connect with Rita Farr on just the level of some of the shit I've gone through. I so, so she's sort of like really a comfort character for me, but also I'm just amazed. And also, uh, should be mentioned, this season introduces time travel via Michelle Gomez's Madame Rouge. Fantastic. Every time she shows up in anything at all, in, yeah. including this, I mean, the the changes that her character had to go through this season as she rediscovered some things about herself were just a delight to watch because she almost goes from like one person to another person with each passing episode and it just it makes sense and it, it's fun to watch <laughs> oh yeah especially with the intro actually fervor showing us the brotherhood of evil and the introduction of the sisterhood of dada which is a fun gender bent version of the comics brotherhood of dada which in and of itself is almost too wild to <laughs> describe like i I remember talking about um, that, like, 
whole Dada art movement back in high school, and it kind of annoyed me with just how surreal and weird it was. And I just was like, oh my god, this is weird for weird's sake. But uh, applied here, and you know, to a super villain hero group, whatever, uh, it was more interesting. <laughs> and I like it at one point, uh, even Cliff calls out, he's like, oh, what is this avant-garde high school artist bullshit? I'm tired of this. I'm like, thank you. I learned about it in film school. No fucking way down south in goddamn Arkansas am I learning about that with taxpayer money. I would agree that April Boldby gets to stretch, pun intended, and show up uh... this season. <laughs> but I also want to call out that for the third season in a row, Diane Guerrero, I think, owns this show. Oh, she's almost yes. every single personality. This now, over time, we've actually seen the personalities, but still, when they whoever's the pro, the the prime, uh, she embodies each version of it, and all they might do is change some clothes and the hair, but she becomes each. I mean, we we meet and see Kay get to get out into the sun, and she becomes Kay. And it is not a version of Jane. It's a whole new character. So yeah, to Kay me, is... she's three for three. She's she's this show for me. She's the game MVP. Oh, yes. And let us not also forget uh, how incredible Matthew Bomer is as Larry Trainer Because, man, I also really loved his arc so much this season. Mm -hmm. And then the scenes with him uh, taking care of his adult son and then the very, very grown-up discussion they have afterward left me just kind of going, God damn, yeah. oh. <laughs> that, that's a, that scene is like a big reason as to why I was, you know, just waiting until the finale. It's like, God damn, is this becoming my favorite TV show ever? And it truly has. Be and it is because of scenes like that. And it, it, it because I... I'm honestly still kind of dealing with shit like that. Mm -hmm. I think the the showrunners and writers and actors all knew they were going to take their time, and this wasn't going to be the villain or monster of the week. And it's about these characters who have, for the, most of them, festered for decades, and now there's a slow change. Yeah, and it's taken its time to unravel, and we're still unraveling. They're still unraveling themselves, but they weren't into. We're going to make them a group. And they're going to have adversary. No, we ha we've had monsters, but not like here and gone. But they really wanted to develop characters. And oh, by the way, they have abilities too. It's not going to be yeah. cru crucial or a crutch. But they've taken... I wouldn't recommend every show take three seasons to do this, but they've done it really well. And they, I mean, they barely have abilities. You know, obviously a part of the show is really learning how to use their abilities. Uh, uh, Cyborg and... Cliff are probably the most uh, able to control their abilities, so to speak, but even they have a lot of trouble. Uh, Rita, you know, just turns into a blob and is, I mean, still is like barely reaching low levels of Mr. Fantastic, you know, stretching ability. Um, and, and, you know, mm -hmm. Jane is just kind of, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, a mess of a person who's coming to terms with herself. So, yeah. And I will say, I, I did like how they were able to use Timothy Dalton's Niles Calder, who uh, was more or less unavailable because of the pandemic, uh, although, albeit of, like, his own concern, which, mm -hmm. fair enough, so. Yeah, he, he's got, he's earned a break, but what they did to fill his absence uh, with Madame Rouge was fantastic. I mean, it's almost, like, didn't didn't notice the the change or the but, difference yeah, or and Michelle feel Gomez like anything was missing. was absolutely spectacular this season as well. I love her in almost anything. Like, when I had to review the first two seasons of Gotham, when she showed up, I was like, I'm 
glad you're here to liven this stupid thing up. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, I forgot. I, I, I don't remember. All I remember of golf was like, yo, penguin rocks, fuck everything else. <laughs> right on. <laughs> well, I guess then uh, it sounds like we're moving into final thoughts. So, uh, Elliot, why don't you start it off? Yeah, this has... Uh, I've loved this show since season one. Um, and it's it's only grown on me since then. Every... Uh, you know, every new episode is like a little treat of what weird, wacky thing are they going to throw in, in there. Um, there are um, m- butt monsters in, in this um, <laughs> season, you know, which is something you'd expect from like Rick and Morty, but <laughs> they really make it work here. Um, uh, yeah, I absolutely love the show. I, you know, uh, this season was just another pretty big uh, uh home run for me the acting is fantastic all across the board um yeah yeah i mean the fact that this was affected by covid in a lot of ways uh really didn't show up on the screen um it was you know very coherent and and yeah i, I did not um miss timothy dalton at all because we had that great madame rouge uh from michelle gomez uh i probably can't go any higher than a nine out of ten but yeah, it's a nine out of ten. This is a great show. Uh, nine out of ten uh, chest birds. There you go. <laughs> All right, Neil. Another great season. Happy that it's it's got another. Um, there are to me a couple of loose ends and things I would have liked in the season. Like we we get an, a, a zombies episode that while this show doesn't have to explain itself and usually is very successful. There's no reason why they come and go in this season at all. And I really yeah. miss Dorothy. I wish we could have got a couple of maybe updates on Dorothy. She had really grown on me last season, and I think she's still an important character. Um, nothing, nothing whatsoever uh, from her. <laughs> Not even a mention Like that could have covered. You could have covered it with dialogue. But so good, so good. Um, I'm going to give it 9 out of 10 as well, but 9 out of 10 taken over retirement communities with a new robot body. <laughs> I, I think the whole thing with Dorothy and yeah, her being somewhat unceremoniously just flipped out of the, the show. Um, it's my understanding that the, the dead boys ghost detectives boy or detectives. whatever they were called, that was, Which they're yeah, doing on Netflix, uh, that so whole thing was set up to be a potential spinoff pilot if anybody was interested in picking one up which oh yes i I am in because um it's related to neil gaiman's sandman of course i'm fucking yeah um if if that does ever turn to a thing that's where she'll be because that's who she goes off with in the end um uh, jordan final thoughts uh I, i was gonna bring that up yeah i mean i i i actually really liked how she connected with the dead boy detectives and crystal so I would be very interested in saying that. But as for Doom Patrol Season 3, I think I've already pl- showed my hand. I absolutely fucking love this show. It has become my now all-time favorite TV series because it is done... It, I've connected to it in such a way I didn't think was possible. I was already a fan of the comics. I already knew what type of weird shit to expect. But with it being... Uh, realized actualized acted out it it is can it, it has hit me far different and i applaud how this show is able to explore more or less the human condition and it's really helped me uh reevaluate my own life and 
I mm-hmm. truly cannot thank it enough for that. And and also, it's just really fucking good. It is so much fun and exciting and absurd as hell. So really, uh, uh, I'm gonna give it ten out of ten. Uh, ambulances. I wish for Danny. Right. Um. Yeah. This is absolutely the weirdest show on television right now if if not of all time um i'm sure there are people cop rock still exists well that's true um but yeah it is it is one of the most bizarre things i've ever seen in my life while also being one of the best things i've ever seen i mean if you walked up to me on the street 10 years ago and tried to describe the show and the fact that it exists and everything that happens and i'd just call you crazy and keep walking um but it it consistently manages to knock it out of the park they expertly handled uh having to deal with covid and everything again like said uh you you'd never know it um and i i cannot wait to see where they're going forward with it especially with that ending it's like oh yes more please (laughs) um with that i'd say i'd have to give it uh nine out of ten torn apart lamb puppets 